Alright, you guys start making your way back to your seats. We're going to begin to uh, or continue to worship through the Word. Uh, if, you, if you have your Bibles or your phones or your tablets, whatever you use, we're going to continue our series in the book of Mark. We're going to be Mark chapter 12, we're going to be verses 1 to 12. But let's just take a moment, let's pray before we open God's word. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we do just want to take a, a moment to, to step back and realize that you speak to us through your word. That Holy Spirit, you create life through the word of God. And we're asking you to do that again this afternoon. Lord, I ask that every person's need would be ministered to by your word. And that Jesus, ultimately, you would be glorified through the time that we have together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, so we're Mark chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. And I want to ask you guys a question. Have any of you ever experienced rejection? Uh, that feeling of uh, you're not wanted or you're not accepted or you're kicked out? You know, they actually did a study where, where scientists showed that the pain that you have during rejection it registers the same in your brain as like a broken hand or a broken foot. That rejection is painful. But have you ever tried being patient towards people who have rejected you? Oh, uh, you see, guys, right now we, we live in a culture that's called cancel culture. I don't know if you've heard this term before. Uh, this term is, is, is happening all over the world, but it's when someone says something. That, that pop culture says, oh, that's offensive, or that's not popular. And they do everything they can to cancel this person, to, to shut them up, to not allow them to continue to have influence. I mean, have you ever had this feeling where maybe you're on Facebook and you see a post about religion or politics? And you know you should probably respond because what they're saying is not true. But the thought comes to your mind, it's not worth it. 
Because as soon as I say something, there's going to be 50 more comments, there's going to be a lot of cry emojis, and it's just not worth it. But if anyone experienced cancel culture or rejection, it was Jesus. Last week we saw that the religious leaders right now in the last week of Jesus' life, all they're doing is seeking to kill him. They're seeking to discredit him. And so in response to that threat, let's listen to the parable that Jesus tells these leaders. If you guys would stand for the reading of the word of God. This, this afternoon I'm going to just read it so you guys can just uh, look at it or meditate it. We won't read it together, we'll just read it. Okay. Verses 1 to 12. This is the word of God. It says, He began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, and dug out a pit for a wine press and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenant farmers and went away. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the farmers to collect some of the fruit of the vineyard from them. But they took him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent another servant to them, and they hit him on the head and treated him shamefully. Then he sent another, and they killed that one. He also sent many others, some they beat, and others they killed. He still had one to send, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenant farmers said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they seized him, killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill the farmers and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And this came about from the Lord, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Joey 有被他们杀的这是主所做的，在我们眼中看为稀奇。这经你们没有念过吗？他们看出这比喻是指着他们说的，就想要捉拿他，只是惧怕百姓，于是离开他走了。Are you guys can you see this? 
All right, so in this parable, really quick, as we work through it, there are three things about the character and nature of God that Jesus is going to reveal. His patience, His wrath, but His victory in Christ. As you look at the first two verses with me, you'll notice that Jesus says, A man planted a vineyard. And the vineyard, if you read the Old Testament, the vineyard is a symbol or a metaphor for God's people. And so as the religious leaders are listening to Jesus, they know that this is what Jesus is talking about. That God formed the people for himself, he made this vineyard, this is his people. And, and notice, you guys, notice what God, what this man does for his people. Look at these verses with me. It says he put a fence around it. He dug out a pit for a wine press. He built a watchtower. That God does all of these things for this vineyard to do what? To protect the vineyard, right? It sounds like probably some of us, like, this is like some of us would like to do for our daughters. It's like, put a fence around, right? Let's do everything we can to protect our daughters, protect our the ones that we care about, the ones in our family. And, and, and what we're going to find out is, is even though God did these things to protect thieves from the outside, the danger wasn't from the outside, but it came from the inside. So Jesus said that, that God, that this man leased this vineyard out to tenant farmers. Now these farmers were put in place to, to care for the vineyard, to grow fruit for the vineyard. And, and up until this point, the, the chief priests and the religious leaders, they're, they're listening, they understand everything that Jesus is saying. That the man is God, the vineyard is God's people, and the farmers are the religious leaders of Israel. That's all clear to them. But then the story takes this quick turn. And I want you to look at Jesus because this is the last week of Jesus' life and he knows these people are going to kill him. And Jesus doesn't hold back, does he? It says this in verse 2 that at harvest time, the owner sent a servant to collect fruit from the, from the farmers. This is a common practice that in Jewish culture, this contract would be about four years. 
犹太的文化里面，这是很普遍的哈，大概这样子的一个成熟哈，要四年的时间。And so that there have been plenty of times where there would be fruit, the owner would expect, hey, when I send my servant, he's going to bring back some fruit. It's my vineyard. 四年之后呢，有收割，然后呢，他就把他的仆人呢派去那边要收他们的这些果子。Uh, but what do what do the farmers do? Are they are they happy that the owner has sent the servant to get some of the fruit? No. In verses three through five, Jesus is going to give us a very quick history lesson. Jesus uses these servants as a metaphor for the prophets that God sent to His people all throughout the Old Testament. Jesus uses this servant as a metaphor. What metaphor? He uses them as a metaphor. He uses Like the Bible paints a very clear and real picture of the history of God's people. The Bible paints a very clear and real picture of the history of God's people. The Bible paints a very clear and real picture of the history of God's people. The Bible paints a very clear and real I mean, if you look at the Old Testament, there are so many examples in here. But for, for example, one, there's a prophet named Zechariah. 那在旧约有很多先知的这样子的一个行动哈，其中一个呢是撒加利亚先知。He was stoned to death in church. 他是在教会里面被石头砸死的。Um, um, John the Baptist, we've read about him. He was beheaded. 施洗约翰，我们也读过，他是被砍头的。So Jesus is is making a clear case against these leaders. 所以耶稣在这里用很清楚的这个话语来告诉这一些宗教领袖。Is he saying, listen, the harm to the vineyard did not come from unbelievers or atheists on the outside. It came from the very leaders on the inside. 耶稣基督这个呃葡萄园的比喻是在告诉他们说呢，我们基督徒会领受我们领受的这个。How many of you guys know that most of the harm done to the church has not been from unbelievers on the outside? 有多少人知道哈，在教会里面很多的这个伤害都不是从非基督徒来的。That it's been from false teachers and sinful leaders, the very ones who are meant to care for God's people. 那特别呢，这一些伤害都是从那些假教师，而且呢，都是那一些这个呃基督徒领袖，他们应该是要来呃当一个好的牧者的。And when I was reading this, there's it's challenging, it's convicting. 那当我在读这一个故事的时候呢，对我来说，个人呃非常得到挑战。Because what this shows us is that guys, leaders, if you were a leader. That leaders have the greatest position and capacity to care and to bless and to grow. 领袖呢，其实有一个很大的一个可以去帮助人、去照顾人的一个特特质。But they also have the greatest capacity to hurt and to harm. 但同一个时间，他们有一个非常大的可能性的特质呢，就是去伤害人。So, if you're a leader at your office or your business or your school, is to recognize there's a great responsibility when it comes to leadership. So, 呢，当你
在一个领导地位的话呢，你要非常的小心。不管你是在学校里面，或者是在办公场所。We're parents with our kids. We're in the greatest position to care and protect and to grow. But there's also the greatest opportunity to do great harm. 那包括父母亲对自己的孩子也是一样哈、哦，你应该去给他们关心，然后让他们成长。但同一个时间，你也有可能呢，会带给他们很大的伤害。So these farmers, they reject, they reject, they reject God's messages and messengers time and time again. 所以这个园户呢，他持续不断的一而再，再而三的来拒绝。But in the midst of Israel's history of rebellion and rejection, what else do we see? God's patience, right? I mean, His kindness. As you're looking at the story, it's like, man, God continues to send them chance after chance after chance. That culture often paints God as this very impatient, angry deity, right? That we know, in this culture, we think that God is painted as a very angry, quick. It's almost this feeling of like, well, if I do something wrong, he's just waiting to throw lightning down or rain fire down from heaven. 说呢，你做错什么事情的时候，这个神呢就会从天呢降下，就给你天打雷劈。But is that how Jesus? Is that how the Bible paints God? Is that how it reveals God, who God is? 可是圣经是不是这样子来写关于耶稣呢 ？No, it says that God is patient. 他并不是这样子描述的，这里描述的说神是有很忍耐的。I mean, I've been more impatient with people who borrowed my car, right? Much less someone who beat my servants when I sent them to my vineyard. That 如果说呢，我派一个仆人呢去到我自己的这个葡萄园还被打的话，我更会没有耐心的。This is what the Bible says about God. 圣经这么说关于上帝哈。The Lord is gracious. The Lord is compassionate. He is slow to anger and great in faithful love. And the question is, why is God patient? Why does God wait? Why does He just come and, and destroy evil and wickedness right now? Why doesn't he just come and, and you know if he came back right now, COVID would be over, destroy all the wickedness in our world? Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he just do that right now? And the answer he is patient for you. That he is patient for these very wicked farmers. So that we would be saved. That's why he's patient. The Bible says that God's kindness, His kindness, is actually meant to lead us to repentance. If you look here, Second Peter says the Lord does not delay His promise, as some understand delay, but He is patient with you. Why? Not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. 后书三章九节说：“主绝不单言他的应许，像有些人以为他是单言的一样，其实他是宽容你们，不愿有一人灭亡，却愿人人都悔改。”
that this is really good news for us. Because it shows us that God's kindness, His patience, is even stronger than the constant rebellion of humanity and our sin. And here's the thing: is 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 the patience of God is not just something that He has Himself. But it's also something that he gives. It says here in Romans 15:5, the God who gives endurance, which is patience. And I wonder, me, and I wonder that if this characteristic, you know, if, if if I look at my relationships, my marriage, my my kids. Does this, does this characteristics of patience and long suffering is it there? You know, as, as we think about how, how God is so patient with us, does that move us to be patient with our spouses, with our coworkers? Because here's the thing. That however much you think you have to be patient with maybe your coworker or your roommate or your spouse or your child. God has had infinitely more patience with you and with me. And so the next time we are quick to maybe lose our cool or be impatient, we are reminded of the gospel of what God has done for us that we might do that to others. And so as you read the, the parable, it's, it's servant after servant, and, and they continue to reject and kill the servants that God sends. And let's be honest, I mean, you would think at this moment the owner is just going to come and wreck house, right? Like, it's, it's done. But what does the owner do? Verse 6. It says that he still had one to send. This beloved son. Now, now, if you look at the language, if you look at your Bible, there's this word here that says finally. And this means last of all. That, that what this reminds us is that God is a God that does not withhold good from you. He does not withhold His best from us. Right? I mean, this, this, is, this is the God who says, I've sent you servant after servant, but I'm going to give you my best, my beloved son. And I know that there might be people here who think, you know what? God is withholding good for me. He really doesn't have his best for me. But what does the gospel say about that? 
He already did. He already gave us his best, his one and only beloved son. And that's what Jesus says right here. Not only that, but it says this is last. This is it. This is his final appeal to these people. It's my son that I'm sending. The Hebrews 1 chapter 3 says this. Verse 2. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. As that means this. God didn't come through Buddha. He didn't come through Muhammad. He didn't come through anyone else. He made his final, last, ultimate appeal to you and to me through his son. <laughs> Yet, what do these farmers do to the son? They throw him a party. No, they, they kill him. And as you're reading this, it's like, man, this isn't the mafia or the Hei Dao trying to kill Jesus, right? This is the religious leaders that are attempting and seeking to kill the Son of God. And you might have to ask the question, what's their motivation? Why, why do they want to do this? Well, if you look at verse 7, they say it. Let's kill him so the inheritance will be ours. What does that show us? Their motivation was this. I am tired of dealing with this pesky owner coming to get something from us. Let's be done with him. That they wanted to be the owner. And see, Jesus is telling these chief priests, you are going to kill me because of your love for God. You're going to kill me because of your love for power, because of your love for yourself. And as you read this, I, I find that many times people's rejection to Christianity it comes down to this. They don't want an owner of the vineyard, right? That we want to be our own Lord. That we want to be our own Savior. That we don't want someone telling us what to do with our bodies, our finances, our emotions, our relationships. And yet this is exactly the reason why these farmers rejected the servant after servant after servant. because they did not want to be under the authority of the owner. You know, Jesus reminds us of this. He says, when you preach the gospel, if you remember this, says, when you preach the gospel and they reject you, he said, they're not really rejecting you, but they're rejecting the one who sent you. 
and, and I know for, for many of us, like the idea of sharing the gospel with someone and just getting rejected or getting shut down is scary. But even in this story, it's a reminder that they're not rejecting you, but they are rejecting the gospel and the one who sent you. There's a story of a, of a lady who went and she did door to door evangelism. I mean, whose favorite you know, hobby on the weekend is to do door to door evangelism? For many, like for many people, it's the one thing that we do not want to do is go knock on someone's door and say, hey, Jesus loves you. But every week, Saturday night, she would go and she came to the same house every single week, knocked on the door. Said the same thing, but this is the gospel. Every week, the same exact response. Please go away. Please, we don't want to see you again. No, thank you. And the, the, the family got so annoyed. Do you guys know what they did? They moved. And so, and so actually, the, the next week, the, the lady comes back and she finds out from the neighbor the reason why they moved. And instead of sitting in that moment of like rejection and feeling the weight and the guilt of that, she got on her knees and she began to pray. And, and, and all of a sudden, she, this true story, all of a sudden she said she got a picture of, of a house. Street name? Neighborhood? So she goes. Sees the street name? Sees the house? Knocks on the door? Guess who's there? Same family. And they received Christ. And now this the lady that was the daughter of the family leads a pretty big ministry in, the, in America and the United States. And it's just a reminder that sometimes we have to sit in a moment of rejection to care for someone's eternal state in their soul. But even though God is patient, um, we can't mistake God's patience with sinners for his tolerance of sin. Uh, but that, you know, Martin Luther says that if I were God and the world treated me the way that the world treats God, he said, I would kick the wretched thing to pieces. I would just kick it to pieces. And then although God is patient, he has a holy wrath. And if we're honest, I think sometimes God's patience leads people to believe that God will never judge sin. 
我们知道呢，神呢，他会给我们有一个这个呃，就是耐心呢。然后有人会这样想，他根本就不会对罪来审判。Psalm 50:20-21, he said, "This is God talking to His people. You sit, maligning your brother, slandering your mother's sons. You have done these things, and I kept silent. And then what happened? You thought I was just like you, but I will rebuke you." 十篇五十篇哈，神这样说：你经常毁谤你的兄弟，污蔑你母亲的儿子，你做的这些事，我默不作声。你以为我跟你一样吗？其实我要责备，要当面指控你。That guy's God has a long fuse. But he has a holy anger. And in Hebrews 10:31, the Bible actually tells us this is where we need to pay attention because it says it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Because there will be a day when the patience of God ends, and there will be judgment. I mean, what does Jesus say the owner is going to do here? He will come. Verse nine. He will kill the farmers. And he will give the vineyard to others. And this is still a, a a message, a warning that we've got to continue to share with people. The gospel is not, hey, can you just believe in Jesus because you're really going to miss out on a lot of stuff in your life. 福音是不是你就这样子跟人家分享说，哎，你一定要来接受耶稣，要不然的话呢，你就会错过很多的好机会啊。The gospel isn't like, hey, you know, would you believe in Jesus because he's going to make your life completely happy and better? 那福音是不是就是这样跟人家讲，你就是来领受耶稣，然后你的生活会比较好啊 ？Those things are 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 probably true, not not for these servants, that's for sure, but sometimes it's true. 有可能它有一半是对的哈。But the reality is, is that if people continue to do what the farmers do here, reject Christ time and time and time and time again, there will be judgment. But notice this final point: what God does, what Jesus says, the owner of the vineyard does. If you look at your Bibles, what does the owner do with the vineyard? Does he reject the vineyard? Does he abandon his people? I mean, this is the same group of people that were abused by sinful leadership. 那我们知道这是相同的一群人呢，他们被一些这个领袖团队的人呢来这样子责备。What does he do with his vineyard? 他怎么样来处理这个葡萄园 ？He redeems the vineyard. 他呃赎回这个葡萄园。And he gives the vineyard over to a better leader, a better savior, a better king, the son who was rejected. 他把这个葡萄园呢给一个更好的领袖。And, and as we read these final two verses, there is this amazing picture of Christ that we can see here. That God accomplished His victory even through the constant rebellion and rejection of man. 
神呢，虽然是遭到人们的一直不断的这个唾弃，可是呢，他却得胜。Verse ten it says, "The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone." 第十节呢，这样子说，匠人所弃的石头已做了房角的头块石头。That number one, what it reminds us is that Christ, even though rejected by men, is exalted by God. 那我们知道第一点哈，就是神呢被人唾弃，却被神尊崇。Christ, look at this. Listen, listen to what the, what the scripture says about him. Says that he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And for this reason, God has highly exalted him. And in this doing, this this rejection of man, this this killing of his son, who who does it come from? Whose work is it? Verse eleven. This came from who? The Lord. As, I mean, as you read this parable, this story, the question comes: like, what father would send his son into a place where there's danger, where there's this? A pattern of killing. That 有谁哈会把这个有谁家的这个父母亲会把自己的孩子呢送去那个就是连贯杀手 ？Why does the father send the son into danger? 为什么自己的父亲会把这个呃自己的小孩呢送去这个狼口 ？Why does Jesus himself say that he will experience shame and death and abandonment? Why does he go through these things? 为什么耶稣讲到说我们要经过这一切的这一个被唾弃的事情啊 ？For you， 就是为了你。For me， 为了我。That in the gospel， what God does， 在福音里面神所做到的事。That God accomplishes a way for our acceptance through the rejection of His Son。神呢，就是透过他自己的儿子被唾弃来完成我们。That guys, only God can accomplish this kind of victory from a seeming defeat. And so the gospel says what we deserve, which is rejection by God because of our sin. Christ got that on the cross. So that what Christ rightfully have, which is which is the love of God, the embrace of God, the acceptance of God. So, Jesus, all of this, he is that God Himself, He has given us what we do not deserve. It is ours. By faith. In Christ. And that is the cornerstone of our faith, the mercy of God, the grace of God. Like that's the the solid foundation of everything that we believe. Charles Spurgeon. Was a man who suffered from depression probably most of his life. Suffered from depression. 有人呢，他们就是有这样子的一个忧郁，是不是？呀，有一个人有忧郁症。And he says this. 他这样说哈。If you reject Christ. 如果说你拒绝了基督。He answers you with tears. 他就会用眼泪来回答你的。If you wound him, he bleeds out cleansing. 
If you kill him, he dies to redeem. And if you bury him, he rises again to bring resurrection. Church, what Jesus is telling you, what he's telling me, that if God can work this kind of victory and accomplish his purposes through the rejection and the sin of humanity, that if his kindness and his patience is stronger than even the constant rejection of his own people, as he is still able to work through all things. A pandemic, a job loss, political chaos, cultural tension, he can work through all those things to accomplish his purposes for his people. Because, because you know why? Finally, who does the vineyard sit under now? Hired hands, leased out farmers? You, if you were in Christ, you were no longer under the enemy of the world, under a hired hand, but you were under the care of a shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. So church, the, the motive, someone says that the motive for our repentance is not only sorrow, but it is the mercy of God. Then I, want you, I want us to hear this. He says this, that we will have zero motivation to repent unless we see the mercy of God. Not the slap of God, but the embrace of God. That repentance is not just turning from sin, but it is a turning to the mercy of God over and over and over again. Because God has promised His mercy to the repentant. Let's stand. Let's respond to the word of God. As the worship team comes up, I want us just to think about few things. That only the gospel and only this Christ can defeat this cancel culture that we live in and the sin that lives in our own hearts. And I want to encourage you that you and I, we might have the world's rejection, but we have the Father's acceptance. 
那我们虽然被世界唾弃，但是我们却有从天父来的接纳。We might have the world's rejection, but you have the Father's embrace and acceptance. 我们有这个世界的这个拒绝，但是我们却有从天父而来的这个接纳。So here's just a couple of application points we can be praying through. 那我们有几个可以去回应的这个祷告的事项。Is our motive for repentance rooted in the kindness and love of God? Let's get to number three. That you can be encouraged that Jesus is also known rejection and he's also known shame and dishonor. But then finally. God is still sending His servants to people to hear His message. So this includes all of us. That you're at the workplace you're in because God puts you there. You're at the school you're in because God puts you there because He is sending people to hear the gospel. And so something we can do this week. Is just write a list of all the people in your life that you have a relationship with that you don't know if they're a Christian. Committed. This is like twenty or thirty people, from the cafe owners to like the the people that serve you food to your coworkers. All of these relationships. Maybe you write down these names. There are twenty or thirty people. This is long. This is possible. It could be a cafe owner, or a restaurant owner, or a vendor. And then just pick a couple. Then, from this list of names, pick out five people. And begin to consistently pray for them. I mean, just pray that that Jesus would reveal Himself to them. 就是祷告耶稣自己会来向他们显现。So、start inviting them to hang out with you just on normal everyday things like going to the park or going to grab a meal. 然后可能开始邀请他们，或许呢去公园一起玩一玩，或者是呢一起吃个饭。And ask the Spirit to. To share with you how to encourage them and call them to this God who is patient and full of mercy and full of grace. So, let us really continue to do this action, to see that God is full of mercy and full of grace. A very practical thing you can do is we have the church cards, like City Light Lingo cards, on that back table. You can take as many as you want. Just go hand them out to people. 那我们在那个桌子那边也有一些有关城市之光教会的这个这个卡片哈，所以你可以带一些走，然后呢去发给别人